Hello, Erico. Happy birthday, Stephen. It's my day. I can talk like a croton if I want to. That's true. I take back all of the disdain that was dripping from that statement. Thank you very much. Yeah, we 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 did it. We finished the last two episodes of the Crotons. We haven't watched any of the Super Bowl, but from what I can tell on Twitter, no matter what you think of the Crotons, it's been more exciting than the Super Bowl. <laughs> Even Gritty tweeted that he was bored, and I f- I feel like Gritty can find fun in just about anything. So that's got to be that's got to be boring. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. What's uh, uh, and for those of you who don't know. Please Google Gritty, G-R-I-T-T-Y, and Philadelphia. He is the mascot for the Philadelphia Flyers, and he is amazing. Gritty's been profiled in the New York Times and the Washington Post, and Gritty is somehow transcended sports and just mm-hmm. become a, a meme unto himself. Yeah, he is terrifying <laughs> and amazing. Yeah, mm-hmm. terrifyingly amazing. Yes. Just like the Croton. <laughs> I really like the uh, sort of the form factor of the Crotons when we see them from about the waist up. I think they look fantastic, especially when their little little heads are spinning. They look like drill bits. Like, yeah. like they could, if they could take off, they could just drill right through the ceiling. Yeah, well, they, so they are like grown, basically. They, 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 are, they are crystalline in nature and they form from the tanks. But this is where I feel perhaps the... The negative, um, the general negative opinion towards the Crotons is perhaps because of the design of, of the mm-hmm. creatures. We can't even call them robots, but they look like robots. Mm-hmm. Like I feel, I feel perhaps like Robert Holmes maybe wrote them to be like crystalline creatures. Mm-hmm. And the head is the only thing that I think sort of looks crystalline. And then they just sort of made like a stompy robot. Mm-hmm. And then they didn't know what to do from for the legs. And so they just have this like sort of flexible mm-hmm. metal looking skirt. Yeah, no. yeah, because it's not a stompy robot because no. there's no no stomping. Um, so yeah, it's like you know big refrigerator refrigerator boxes, sort of painted silver with some uh, three dimensional designs and details on them, which I think looks pretty cool. Mm-hmm. But yeah, as we as we talked about before, the, the genius of the Daleks is that they glide, and I think they wanted sort of more of a gliding motion or to imply a gliding motion yeah. to so that's why like the the curtain that that goes straight from sort of the, the waist to the ground is supposed to look like just metal and then they just sort of you know glide isn't quite the, quite the right word but i think that was the ideal like that's what they wanted it to look like yeah. but no because they're top heavy because they're wearing this giant costume so it's not like they can sort of smoothly shuffle along or like moonwalk or anything like that nope. so it, so you can very much see that, that that it's fabric and that it is moving, and it yeah it just makes them look more like they're sort of like stompy trundling along, and it's it's not as good. If they could have figured out a way to not shoot them full body ever, I think it would have been uh, a little bit better. Yeah, well, I think Dave Maloney does it for the most yep. part because the only time you really see him from the full on is when he's walking out, but it's on like a monitor when you mm-hmm. see the croton come out of the dinotrope. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. So it's from a distance and it's just a little shot. So it's not so bad. And then most of what you see is actually a a POV shot from the the Croton itself. And (laughs) you you muttered, I don't like first person shooters. (laughs) And it's true. Like it it has that feel because the dispersal weapon that it's carrying is sort of pointing straight out and you're just sort of seeing past that. So it's like you're seeing past a gun in a first person shooter. And it's I do find it interesting that the Crotons can't really see probably in the light that's what the doctor has uh 
hypothesized. We don't know for sure that that's that's what it is. Uh, But yeah, it needs the... um, coordinates or whatever from the the other one that's that's inside so like the yeah. you know it had been reading out i'm sure it's just nonsense numbers but that was uh in their parlance they were able to communicate with that so it was it was helpful that jamie had actually gotten in and was trying to fight back mm-hmm. because it distracted the croton that was inside the dinotrope dinotrope weird word um long enough that the one outside lost its bearings so it couldn't shoot the doctor and zoe and they were able to get away with their carpet bag of sulfur rocks mm-hmm. uh and at the same time jamie uh was was able to be left alive because the one outside was shouting for help um yeah, yeah. so like th- th- that little bit of business internal outernal i I thought that uh, outernal external (laughs) internal outernal i'm using it uh Uh, i thought that that was well written well directed that was a a real sort of snappy piece of work Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. i i also like how you know jamie not the high brain Mm -hmm. is the one that sort of trusted to get you know to be the person who asks the crotons about their origins like he's the one getting all the answers out of them more or less for the viewers i mean it's jamie's the only one who's who's learning and when he gets a chance to impart his knowledge it, there's no time because the doctor and yep. zoe says there's no time you got to go off and tell beta to make the sulfur stuff we're going off here mm-hmm. so he learns everything about them but can't actually tell them yeah. but it's a nice little little flip you know usually it's jamie is just sort of the one who's the doer and the doctor is the one that's getting all the information out of the monsters but here's jamie in there and just being being almost in the doctor role yeah i mean he's been traveling with the doctor so long that he has i'm sure witnessed the doctor doing his doctor thing of uh, distracting the enemies and stalling for time and asking questions. So that's exactly what he does. And these these creatures, you know, f- maybe they're high brains, yes, but at the same time, they seem perfectly willing to just keep explaining things to him as long as they're also able to do what other other stuff yeah. that they are they are trying to do. So so yeah, he's he's definitely doctorish in his own way and you know he may not have a a trained mind the way that i like the way that zoe puts it like she doesn't say he's stupid she doesn't call him an ape or anything like that she just said that his mind is completely untrained which it is Mm -hmm. uh it has gotten you know slightly more trained since he's been traveling with the doctor we had that line in which story was it where they said that his 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 mind was clearly more developed recently. Show signs of rapid learning. That yeah. was Dominators. Yes, in the Dominators. Uh, so, so you know, he's he's definitely not unclever in some ways. Like he he's walking along and accidentally kicks the piece of mica and realizes, yeah. wait a minute, this is that one that the doctor picked up. Mm-hmm. Maybe there's a reason for it it to be here, and it figures out how to escape. Yeah. Um, doing exactly the same thing that the doctor and Zoe did. Even though he didn't see. Nope. The doctor try and open the door, and indeed he only you know succeeds in getting it up a little bit, but still enough for him to get out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I, f- I feel like Jamie acquits himself quite well mm-hmm. for the <laughs> you know despite the fact that he's he's definitely not a, a high brain. Mm-hmm. High brain. Mm-hmm. Yes, one of those that that yeah. thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what an interesting concept actually about it. You know, the, a ship that's driven by mental power, mm-hmm. and so all these all these gons have sort of like been sacrificed, and like their brain power has been used to basically keep the machine, you know, mm-hmm. going. Like just sort of like basic power over the centuries mm-hmm. until they finally find the high brains to to get them back to their fleet. Yeah, and it seems like the the gon civilization is pretty far from 
giving them high enough brains to to able to be able to escape mm-hmm. and i mean you know the doctor and zoe they could have just chosen to help them get back home yeah but then they would have been stranded there uh without jamie and who knows what the takeoff would have like done to the city behind them and they would have had no oxygen too because remember the doctor saying we wouldn't be able to breathe because there's no oxygen yeah. once they leave apparently I mean, yeah so it's one of those things where like they could have chosen to sacrifice themselves to save an entire civilization yeah. however they would be saving themselves to um to save the entire civilization and to save these uh, these two crotons that are left crotons who very clearly are just going ruthlessly throughout the galaxy and enslaving entire races and mm-hmm. stuff so uh, I really don't think that there's an argument to be made that the doctrines always should have helped them in any way I think uh, pouring the sulfuric acid directly into the tank which was that was another nice little bit of uh, non-verbal mm-hmm. communication to start with and then the doctor subtly pointing out to Zoe what she needed to do which I mean mm-hmm. I think she was already on her way to do it anyway but yeah. um, that was funny yeah by saying you know by saying we would we would suffocate just like you would suffocate if someone tampered mm-hmm. with the tanks you're drawing the stuff from yeah yep yeah and the, and the bit of uh um comedy that they had when they were um you know trying to stall you stand there and i stand there no better yet i'll stand here and you stand there and the and they had the, the headset that that made me chuckle yep in the wrong way yep that was that was good and that was i mean it's kind of the same sort of thing that jamie was was doing to try to stall for time um just asking questions mm-hmm. 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 yeah what an enjoyable little story Mm-hmm. It is, and I really I like you know it's not the most fully fleshed out society ever, no. but but I like it and the the internal politics of you know the the guy who's been in charge for years, Saris and Selrus, R I P Selrus, yeah, yeah. It, who you know he sacrificed himself to help the Doctor and save his civilization. I yep. think that was a, a very noble way to go. He did it with his own agency. That was that was pretty great. Um, and uh, Philip Maddock, Elick, mm-hmm. is that his character? Yeah. Uh, just, you know, being a pretty power-hungry dude, but he does also want to save his civilization. He just doesn't have any concept of what he is up against, mm-hmm. which is, is really kind of sad and has managed to just sort of get the rabble roused behind him because of what they have learned about the about what the Crotons do. So you got that sort of, you know, going back and forth and Vana and Thara and Thara trying to help. You know, so there's there's a lot of personal politics and uh, and I love the scientist guy. He's great. Beta. Beta is wonderful. I just I find him very charismatic and the way that he just sort of is disdainful toward Elik because he just doesn't understand and you know if the doctor and his friends hadn't showed up and at some point they had learned what was actually going on to some extent with the crotons like I feel like if people like Beta and Celerus had been able to sort of plan for long enough uh-huh. they probably could have taken the crotons on <clears throat> on their own it would have taken like many years possibly many generations mm-hmm. to develop the kind of chemical like chemistry technology mm-hmm. that was that would be required to do it but i feel like they could have gotten there but not with people like elik and hotheads like that uh quashing things for them as they were trying to go yeah holding them back you know wanting the same thing but thinking that they're 
abrasive methods would be the way to go about it. Mm-hmm. You know, slings and fireballs is going to bring down the Dynatrope. Every time he had said slings, I was just like, oh, honey. <laughs> <laughs> also, Dynatrope, so we watched it with the uh, um, captions on. So Dynatrope, D-Y-N-A. So like, you know, dynamic, dynamism, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. But every time I hear it, I still think dinosaur. Like Dynatrope, <laughs> it's a big dinosaur egg and there are dinosaurs inside, which is not at all what they were going for. Right. And I know it's a different root word, but I can't help it every time I hear dynotrope. Really? Yeah. Interesting. I, I Maybe because I always saw it was D-Y-N-O. I always saw that. Uh, and so... I don't, uh, I never thought that. Mm, yeah, no. every time, every single time. Yep, dinotrope. Interesting. Dinotrope, like there's a little T-Rex on one side and a little like Edmontonsaurus and, a, and an Albertosaurus mm-hmm. and, and an Ankylosaur. I like and Little tanks. Yeah, some raptors perhaps. Don't forget Triceratops. Triceratops and a Stegosaurus. Mm-hmm. I'm just naming dinosaurs at this point. I know, I've seen it at the uh, Royal Terrell Museum in Drumheller, Alberta, about mm-hmm. four hours south of here. That is a great museum. If you are a fan of dinosaurs, as opposed to dinotropes, yeah. uh, highly recommend coming to visit Alberta and going to the Royal Tyrell Museum, because I'm not even a huge museum fan, and I really, like, I don't have a thing for dinosaurs the way a lot of people do, uh, but I was super fascinated by that museum it's laid out really well there's some super super cool stuff there so highly recommend dinosaurs in alberta very uh, big dinosaur population (laughs) here population yeah (laughs) yeah not not a lot of them uh alive now to be to be fair (laughs) but a lot of their Mm -hmm. their remnants are are here that is true. Just population made it sound like we've got, you know, they're just, you know, walking around with a with a top hat and a cane just yep. downtown. And the dinosaurs here are very fancy. Yes, of course. And very civilized, too, yes. you know. Yes. Yeah. yeah, we have we have started to really ramble. So I feel like maybe we're about done unless you have something else to say about the Crotons, which I will just reiterate yeah. is a story that I quite enjoy. It is just a it's just a fun one. It's a good, quick little four parter with great classic science fictional sort of tropes to them um dinotropes uh i do feel like the first episode is a little bit uh a little bit the the wonky one but the yeah. rest of it i feel like uh kind of sings along yeah usually it's the first episode that uh, that is you know better and then it sort of drags as it gets to its its finish but i find i i didn't feel a lull anywhere and i thought episode three and, and four were were fairly good i i do enjoy enjoy like it's it's ve- left very open-ended and the doctor is very happy leaving it open-ended i don't like it by so we should leave you know to to this impending civil war between elec and beta mm-hmm. essentially fighting for control of this planet now that the uh, crotons are gone so i i found that a little bit uh well i, I mean he, the doctor's not responsible for the human politic or the the whatever these people are politics mm-hmm. But I, you know, it's a sort of a mm-hmm. familiar Troughton trope, yep. and also kind of a familiar Robert Holmes trope. Just sort of say, "Let's get out of here before we hate the dust settles and we won't be blamed." Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true because there there definitely could have been some some blame that would have fallen on their shoulders for for some of the stuff, and uh, and and yeah, it was Celeris's fault that you know a good number of people died. Mm-hmm. Uh, but on the other hand, <laughs> the Celeris was the one that wanted to trust the doctor and his companions and they are the ones that actually got the dinotrope like taken care of it was beta's uh sulfuric acid by the gallon mm-hmm. uh, which was the doctor's invention 
as far as they know. So I feel like I, I think things will probably settle out okay with you know the, the the right people in charge. I don't think I don't think somebody who's as clearly power hungry as Elik is gonna gonna stand for long now that the dust is starting to settle and you don't actually have the active threat of the crotons anymore that's true sometimes these uh hotheads need a perceived enemy or real enemy to fight to rally support behind their cause and if they don't have it Mm -hmm. they slink away back into the shadows uh to be useless once again Perhaps a modern allegory, that is. <laughs> but yeah, right. So the next order of business is to sort of figure out what their own society looks like without the control of the Crotons and without being taught by the Crotons. So, you know, I'm sure they're going to open up all kinds of uh, investigations into chemistry and areas of science that they were forbidden to look into before. But they probably had scientists who were taught enough to be curious about that, but then they were scared enough to not look into it. So I think um, forming a society where you have a a good sort of educational system and a good scientific investigational system is important. And I think enough people will recognize that and realize that. That uh, that they'll want a, a firm foundation of of peace, uh, so hopefully that'll happen. Although you pointed one thing out that they have a lot of like axes and weapons and stuff, but who are they fighting? Yeah, like what are the axes? Like they don't even know what the crotons look like. Mm-hmm. They don't go out into the wasteland yet. They have all these axes, these great giant spears mm-hmm. um, to stab people with, and like yeah, are they arming for war with whatever. Yeah, or with each other, do they have is is a part of their society that we've never seen that they have like you know war games and gladiatorial fights or something mm-hmm. like that? I mean, maybe that's a thing, but then those look like really deadly weapons. Uh, who knows? Maybe the Crotons were encouraging them to fight and kill each other, bread and circuses style, just to sort of keep them occupied while they raise up more youngins to be smarter and smarter. <laughs> There's, I feel like. Like I said, it's not the most fleshed out society. No. There are a lot of sort of holes in terms of how it would work. But um, I think with a little bit of creativity and headcanon, you can you can definitely flesh it out into a, a thing that sort of makes sense. It's just not not a lot of it is there on the page or on the screen. No, nope. it's a it's a rough and ready first effort from Robert Holmes and Terrence Dicks. Uh, um, script editing it and you know that's that's the way of the future for the next few years in Doctor Who so if this is like this sort of the first tentative steps out of the cradle for those two in regards to Doctor Who then then I'm more than happy to watch it yeah yeah definitely not bad I enjoyed it very much oh yeah and we got the Hads the Hads as, as referenced later on in Cold War mm-hmm. in uh, the Ice Warrior story in uh, 2013 yeah yep in series 7B yeah that's one the hostile action defense system Yep. Yeah. Is that what he call, what he says, or does he say different words in Cold War? I think it's the same, okay. or at least he called it. It's certainly called it the Hads, but yeah, he did. I just yeah. I was wondering if that was another one of those things where he said it almost exactly the same, but not quite, like Metabolus and Metabolus, where we had a couple of differences from the past to the future, and right. and unit no longer being the United Nations Intelligence Task Force because well, the United Nations yeah. uh, complained. <laughs> well, maybe the Hads complained. <laughs> Maybe hostile action. So just a second. Not all action is hostile. I think you should change that. Uh, LOL. Yeah. 
Um, well, I, I hope I hope you all enjoyed our uh, our little Super Bowl marathon of the Crotons today. Um, the next story will be the Seeds of Death, Ooh. which is an exciting uh, Ice Warrior story. I don't know if we'll get to any episodes tonight or anything like that. Uh, maybe, maybe, maybe just the first one. I would like to watch the first one, perhaps. For your birthday, let's watch the first episode of Seeds of Death. That makes me happy. I love that story two bits, so I'm really happy to watch that, uh, just as I was happy to watch uh, the Crotons uh, with you on my birthday. Oh, uh, well, I'm happy to, to, to share your birthday with you. Thanks very much. Mm-hmm. Happy birthday! <laughs> Thanks very much. Goodbye. Goodbye. Goodbye.